This episode is brought to you by our sponsors and by listeners like you on Patreon. Bomba's vision is simple. Make the most comfortable clothes ever and match every item sold with an equal item donated. So when you buy Bombas, you are also giving to someone in need. Bombas has designed their socks, shirts, and underwear to be the clothes you can't wait to put on every day. The Webb family over here has used them, and we love them. They're comfy, fun-looking, and come in family packs, which is awesome. I've never seen that before. I use my Bombas socks when I go on runs, and they're extremely comfortable. Everything they make is soft, seamless, tagless, and has a cozy feel. And the Bombas t-shirts are made with thoughtful design features like invisible seams, soft fabrics, and perfect waist so they hang just right. And did you know that socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the three most requested clothing items at homeless shelters? That's why Bombas donates one for every item you buy. So far, Bombas customers like you have helped donate over 50 million items of essential clothing. Go to bombas.com slash purple rocket and get 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash purple rocket for 20% off. Bombas.com slash purple rocket. Parents, school's out, summer's here, and the kids are back at home with a lot of free time. Go wild with wonder this summer without school. Enroll in a fun, flexible learning experience with over 140,000 online classes and camps for every kid with any interest. Look, as a fellow parent, I get the pressure of finding something engaging and useful for our kids to do over the summer break. OutSchool can help keep them engaged and their minds stimulating their imaginations firing. They offer every kind of class you can imagine, from entrepreneurship to freestyle dancing to art, even magic lessons. There's something for kids of all ages, grades, and interests. We homeschool in the web house, and we plan to get Aurora and Cohen signed up with some out-school activities to keep them engaged in a fun way and help them explore their talents and maybe discover some new ones. Out-school will have your kids loving to learn and having fun doing it. Head over to outschool.com slash purple rocket and use code purple rocket to learn all about out-school summer programs and save $15 on your child's first class. That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash purple rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash purple rocket code purple rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Previously on Grandpa's Globe, Grandpa and the twins traveled to Thailand, where they worked together to find out who was stealing the special statues from the Thai temples. A woman named Achara helped them on their mission, and together they were able to uncover a secret organization called the Black Feather and stop them from getting away with the statues. Before Grandpa and the twins headed home, Susie followed Achara down an alley and saw her disappear into a globe. 
And now for Season 2, Episode 2, The Christmas Mission. Ouch! Too hot! Susie cried, retreating from her mug of cocoa. Grandma put her hand on Susie's shoulder. Sorry, sweetheart. I meant to let it cool a little longer. You okay? I'm okay, thanks. Susie blew on the cocoa and then took another careful sip. Mmm, that's good. It's got hazelnut and cinnamon, Grandpa said, taking a seat next to them on the couch. He took a sip from his steaming mug, which left him with a chocolate-soaked mustache. What? he said, catching Grandma and Susie's look. Susie giggled. Soya, no more marshmallows, Grandma called back to the kitchen. Sawyer groaned behind them. I mean it. A minute later, Sawyer joined them on the couch, his mug more than half full of little marshmallows and overflowing. What part of no more marshmallows didn't you understand? Grandpa said, staring at the heaping mountain of white puffs in disbelief. What? I took off a whole fistful. This is less. Sawyer sipped his cocoa and chomped on the chocolate-soaked marshmallows. It could use a little chocolate syrup. No, both Grandma and Grandpa said. The four of them watched the snow fall outside the sliding glass window. They turned the couch to face the back deck so that they could enjoy the view. It's magical, Susie whispered. She gazed out the window, wide-eyed at the rolling hills and mountains, frosted white. Snow built up on the back deck, and the warm glow from the porch light highlighted the thick, falling flakes. A squirrel rolled around in the snow and was playing with a pine cone. Under the treehouse was a plump snowman Sawyer and Susie had made earlier that afternoon. They'd used a carrot and some black rocks to give it a silly face, and then put one of Grandpa's old derby hats on top of its round head. Susie looked dreamily out at the snow-covered treehouse and imagined it was an ice castle, guarded by their valiant snowman. She pictured him coming alive and fighting off intruders with an icicle sword. Grandpa and Grandma's house always felt magical on Christmas. Susie always looked forward to singing carols around the piano, and Sawyer loved drinking some of Grandpa's famous hot cocoa and apple cider. He'd gotten the cider recipe the year before from Grandpa, but having the recipe and mastering it were two very different things. Nobody could make it like Grandpa. Behind the couch, a fire crackled in the hearth, and Christmas music played over an antique record player. I don't know, Grandma said, looking as if she'd tasted something funny in her cocoa. Something about this just isn't right. Grandpa's bushy eyebrows shot up. Excuse me? I've been working on that cocoa for over an hour. Really, Gramps, you need to get some new hobbies, Sawyer said before taking another sip. Grandpa turned his scowl to Sawyer. Oh, yeah? How does throwing a grandson out into the snow sound for a hobby? Sawyer smiled. That would be awesome. There's this huge snow pile out back. Could you toss me off the deck into... Don't forget it. I wasn't talking about the cocoa, Kip, Grandma finally said. I'm talking about having the kids here. 
It doesn't feel right having them travel the globe again without their parents knowing. They don't know what they need to know, Eleanor. It's not like we're putting them in danger or anything. Grandma and the kids shot him a look. Well, not all of the time, he corrected. They gave him another look. Okay, so we almost die all of the time, but I've got it under control. We'll tell them when it becomes absolutely necessary. Sawyer and Susie need to go on the missions without being held back. The globe is calling for them again, Ellie. Grandma set down her cocoa and shook her head. I still don't like it, and I'm not taking part in it. But you won't tell? Sawyer asked. Not yet, Grandma said. But the second I feel like things are getting out of hand, we stop it. Deal? Deal, the twins and Grandpa replied. Speaking of the globe, Susie said, I've been meaning to tell you guys about what I saw on our last mission. Sawyer and Grandpa turned to face her. Go on, Grandpa said with a look of concern. Before we left, I followed Achara down an alley and saw her use a globe to disappear. There was silence. Are you sure? Grandpa checked. Positive. And now that I think of it, it was a strange coincidence that she was there to help us on that mission to stop the Black Feather. It made me think of what Luca Nogar told us in his secret lair, about there being more globetrotters all over the world. Maybe Achara is a globetrotter like us, and we were sent to help her complete a mission. I knew there was something magical about her ninja skills, Sawyer said thoughtfully. Her fighting abilities have nothing to do with the globe, Grapp assured him. But you're probably right, Susie. It may be that the globe is having us cross paths with other globetrotters. It wouldn't be the first time. We now know that the Nogar twins had globes. I don't like the sound of this, Grandma said, getting up from the couch. I'm telling you, that globe is nothing but trouble. Think about it, Susie said to Sawyer and Grandpa. There could be hundreds or, or maybe even thousands of globetrotters out there performing missions. Or using their magical globes to do dumb stuff like the Nogards, Sawyer suggested. Somebody might be out there using the globe to deliver pizzas. Grandpa laughed. I can tell you that's definitely not the case. I can't remember the last time my pizza was delivered on time. He gave the twins a proud look. See, this is why the globe chose you two. You're far more clever than I ever was. He set down his mug. What do you say we finish off this Christmas Eve with your very first present, huh? Sawyer and Susie beamed. All right, Sawyer said. I'd love that, Susie added. Okay, just give me a second and I'll go grab it. Hey, Suze. Susie looked as Sawyer slowly swiveled his head towards her. A marshmallow protruded from each of his nostrils. With a blank expression and a blow of the nose, the marshmallow shot out of his nostrils and into his mug. Gross, Susie cried. Here it is, Grandpa said, returning with the present. The wrapped box was literally shaking in his hands. Grandma stared at it nervously from her chair in the kitchen, while the twins looked uneasily at the gift. Um, did you get us a trembling puppy? Sawyer asked. 
shouldn't you have poked holes in the box or something? Grandpa rolled his eyes. Oh, please, you two can barely take care of yourselves, let alone a puppy. Just open it. Sawyer and Susie hesitantly unwrapped the gift and opened the box. Inside was the spinning globe. As it came into view, its spinning slowed. A destination glowed on its surface. Sawyer and Susie looked up at Grandpa confused. You got us a new globe? Sawyer finally asked. What? No, it's the same globe. It's been waiting for you. I just thought I'd wrap it and, well, I'm getting old and have a lot more time on my hands. Susie smiled at him. It's a Christmas mission. Oh, help me, Grandma said from the kitchen. Don't worry, I'm going to go with them, Ellie, if that's okay with you. Grandma sighed. Just don't be too long. I don't want to be sitting here alone on Christmas Eve. It's my first Christmas back, you know. I know, I know, Grandpa said. We'll make it quick. He looked at the twins. Ready. Ready. One by one, they joined hands while Susie reached for the glowing destination. They found themselves standing on a sheet of ice. Freezing wind blew around their feet and carried drifts of snow over icy blue hills. In front of them, twinkling under a perfect starry night, was a miniature castle. Thick blocks of ice made up its towers, and the main structure consisted of a patchwork of ice and barnwood. Arched stained glass windows shone with their various colors, and torches lining a walkway made the ice glitter. I don't think our sweaters are going to be enough, Sawyer said through chattering teeth. A castle, Susie said, clapping her hands. Oh, isn't it wonderful? She was too excited to notice the cold. Hopefully whoever owns this place is feeling hospitable, Grandpa said, brushing icicles off his beard. If we stay out here too long, we'll freeze to death. Come on. He started towards the castle. Susie held his hand. Where are we, Grandpa? I have no idea. What does the guidebook say? Oh no, I forgot it, Susie groaned. A nice one, Suze, Sawyer said. You could have grabbed it too, you know, Susie shot back. Oh come on, you're like the designated guidebook person. Quiet, both of you, Grandpa said. We'll be fine. Just sit still and let me do the talking. They reached the tall doors of the castle. One door was made of a solid sheet of ice, and the other was old wood. Grandpa knocked on the wood part. They waited. Grandpa knocked again. Somebody in there? We're freezing out here! Quiet giggles sounded behind them. They turned around, but only in time to see little green slippers disappear around the corner. Grandpa and the twins exchanged a look. Um, hello? Grandpa called. He started following the little footsteps in the snow and waved for the twins to follow. They rounded the side of the castle where they found a green barn, decorated in Christmas lights. 
Its doors were open, and inside they could see what looked like a big red sleigh attached to nine deer. No way, Sawyer breathed. It can't be, Susie mumbled. Grandpa looked just as surprised. Carefully, they approached the barn. As they reached the sleigh, they heard a loud snore and jumped. Asleep at their feet in a pile of hay was a plump old man. Susie recognized his snowy white beard right away. It's Santa! I think he's dead, Sawyer said, picking up a stick off the ground. He used it to poke the man's huge belly. The man's chubby hand swatted the stick away, and then with a grumble that sounded like raspy ho-ho-hos, he turned on his side and snored loudly. I told him not to drink so much eggnog, came a high voice behind them. Grandpa jumped at the sound. They whirled around and saw a tiny man, no bigger than a doll, wearing green and red overalls under a fur coat. Pointy ears poked out of his long, curly blonde hair, and his red nightcap practically hung down to the ground. Aww, an elf! He's so cute! Susie said, crouching down to touch him. The little elf bit at her outstretched hand. Yikes! Susie pulled her hand back. Sawyer jumped behind Grandpa. What the heck? This isn't a petting zoo, the elf snapped. How would you like it if someone was reaching for your face? Do you like people all up in your business? Huh? Huh? The elf waved his pudgy little hands at them. Our apologies, Grandpa said, still in a daze. He glanced back at the sleigh. Is this really... Is that who I think it is? He pointed down at the sleeping man. The elf shook his head at the plump old man in the hay. It's Santa, all right. He hibernates most of the year up until Christmas. Delivering all those presents in one night takes a lot out of a person. But he's taking longer than usual to wake up. I've told him a hundred times to go easy on the eggnog. Suddenly, an old wooden clock chimed on the barn wall. With it, a little door opened in the clock, and a tiny Santa figurine came riding out on a sleigh. It followed a wire up and around the carved clock until it made a full circle and retreated back through the open doors. The elf watched it anxiously. Oh no, he's going to be late, he said. Late to what? Delivering presents? Susie asked. The elf nodded gravely. With a look of panic, Grandpa bent down and started to shake Santa's shoulders. Come on, old man! Wake up! You've got work to do! Who are you calling, old man? Sawyer remarked. Grandpa's shaking was no use. Santa slept right through it and rolled over with another groan. Grandpa looked back at the elf. What do you put in your eggnog? Reindeer milk the elf said with a straight face. Two glasses of that stuff and you'll be out cold. Sawyer and Susie gagged. It's not as hard as it looks, the elf continued, nodding to the sleigh. Just follow the globe and let the sleigh do most of the work. Globe, Sawyer repeated. He and Susie hopped up into the sleigh and froze. Sticking out of the dashboard was a white globe. Santa's a globetrotter? Susie mumbled. 
She reached out and touched the ball. It turned from ice cold to hotter than her mug of cocoa under her touch. She yelped as it started to spin. Grandpa's eyes went wide. She was right, he whispered to himself. Globetrotters. Quick, put on the suit, the elf said, nodding to the red Santa suit hanging on a hook. Grandpa looked at it appalled. What? I can't fit into that thing. It's too big. Don't kid yourself, Gramps, Sawyer said, patting his shoulder. You were born for this. Please, the elf begged. Millions of children are counting on Santa tonight. But I can't. It's, there's no... Oh, all right. Grandpa reluctantly threw on the suit, and indeed it fit. And the three of them jumped into the big red sleigh. Ooh, let me say it. Can I say it? Susie said, bouncing up and down in her seat. On Dasher, on Dancer, on Prancer, on... Whoa! Before she could finish, Sawyer touched the spinning white globe and... They were off. Stars blurred into glowing streaks of light, and clouds became a wide, ruffling blanket beneath them. A frigid wind whipped in their faces, while in front of them, the reindeer moved gracefully through the air. Suddenly, and in perfect unison, the reindeer stopped and the sleigh came to an abrupt halt. Its passengers struggled to catch their breath and pulled icicles from their blown back hair. Sawyer shivered. Whoa. If my bladder weren't frozen, I probably would have just peed my pants. Where are we? Susie asked, peeking over the sleigh. She gasped and dropped back into her seat. We're on a roof! Grandpa took a look around. We're in Holland. He glanced down at the white globe that was now slowly turning on its axis. Huh, so this is how the big man does it. He jumps all over the world delivering presents using a magical globe. Ha! I should have known. Then what are the reindeer for? Susie asked. Who knows? Moral support? Come on, let's get some presents delivered. Grandpa reached into the back seat of the sleigh and pulled out a big bag that looked like a patchwork quilt full of presents. Carefully, he stepped out of the sleigh and helped Sawyer and Susie behind him. Together, they walked over to the chimney. Upon closer observation, Grandpa noticed that the sack of presents wasn't a patchwork of fabric at all. It was a patchwork of magical globetrotter tickets. Before he could say so, the sack came alive and yanked him down the chimney. Bloomp! Still holding his hand, Sawyer and Susie were yanked along with him. Glump, glump! The magical sack squeezed them down the narrow chimney and shot them out the fireplace next to a decorated Christmas tree. With a quiet burp, two presents popped out of the open bag. Whoa, can I keep that bag when we're done? Sawyer asked, marveling at how they just fit down the chimney. No, Grandpa said simply. He nudged the presents under the tree, filled the stockings on the fireplace mantle with treats sneezed out by the bag, and then grabbed the carrots off the table. What are those for? Susie asked him. In Holland, kids leave out carrots for Santa's reindeer, and in exchange, Santa leaves them treats. Cool. They grabbed hands, and after a grunt from Grandpa, the sack shot them back up the chimney. 
On the roof, they tossed the carrots out to the reindeer, who scarfed them down as if it was their job to do so. As soon as everyone was in the sleigh, the globe spun on the dashboard. Sawyer touched it, and they were off. A few houses into the deliveries, Grandpa and the twins had the system down. They worked as a team, arranging the presents, filling stockings, and tossing treats to the reindeer. Pretty soon, Santa's magical tools started speeding up, making their deliveries happen in the blink of an eye. Sometimes, Sawyer would slow down the process when he'd see a really cool toy that he wanted. No way! A Robosaur Chomper set! He said, holding up a robot dinosaur. Can I keep this one? Of course, Grandpa would always say no, and they'd move on. Sawyer had an especially hard time when Grandpa pulled a metal space train out of the sack that actually floated using magnets. Grandpa had to practically pry that one from Sawyer's hands. As they zipped across the world using the magical globe, Sawyer and Susie got to learn about all sorts of fun Christmas traditions they'd never heard of. While in Japan, they noticed many of the families had fried chicken for their Christmas dinner, and the kids expected Santa to come through the window instead of the chimney. These stops were Grandpa's favorite as they were much easier on his back. In Norway, Grandpa pointed out how the kids would leave a bowl of porridge in the barn for the gnome that protected the farm. They even hid brooms to keep witches at bay. In Chile, Grandpa had a hard time prying a remote control car from Sawyer's fingers. In Germany, shoes were left outside the front door and Grandpa and the twins would fill them with treats and presents. Susie also noticed that many of the kids would post their Christmas lists on their windows, which Grandpa was sure to check carefully to make sure he didn't leave anything out. In Italy, dishes were left over from the Feast of Seven Fishes, which was meant to bring luck and wealth in the coming year. Christmas trees in Finland were decorated with geometric mobiles made from straw. Susie oohed and awed at the snow-covered castles in Romania. Grandpa had to chomp into thousands of mince pies left out by the kids in Ireland. Luminarias, or paper bags lit by candles, lined pathways to homes in Mexico, a tradition Grandpa said was started to guide the Christ child to the family's home. In the Philippines, they flew by the Giant Lantern Festival. They heard beautiful Christmas songs as they glided over carolers in South Africa. But caught up in the excitement of their mission, Sawyer and Susie fought over who got to hand Grandpa the sack. And as a result, Sawyer was pushed back into the globe. With a quick blurry jerk, the sleigh was now flying over the Atlantic Ocean. Watch it! You're sending us off course! Grandpa shouted. He reached for the turning globe to get back on track. But before he did, Sawyer and Susie glanced over the side of the sleigh and marveled at a pod of dolphins that were jumping in the dark water that reflected the stars above. Grandpa made a pit stop in Germany. Gramps, we've already delivered to Germany, Sawyer said as Grandpa hopped out of the sleigh. I know, but I forgot to get something. I'll be right back. Grandpa had parked the sleigh in a dark alleyway to hide them from the few people still roaming the cobblestone streets. 
people still gawked and laughed as they saw an old plump guy in a Santa suit jogging over to an old shop. Lucky for him, it was still open. Carved clocks, statues, and Ferris wheels filled the frosted window of the little store. Grandpa ran in and came back out minutes later with something in a paper bag. Sawyer and Susie were tempted to ask what it was, but before they could, they zipped off to their final destination. Sawyer and Susie would recognize this roof anywhere. We're home, Susie shrieked. Careful now, Grandpa said, helping them out of the sleigh. Your parents are probably already in bed, and I don't want them waking up to find a bunch of bloated deer on their roof. I promised them I'd get you home tonight. Do we get to deliver our own Santa presents? Sawyer asked, starry-eyed. Ah, but that would ruin a surprise, Grandpa said with a wink. Come on, let's get you two in bed. Grandpa and the twins were yanked down the little brick chimney by Santa's bag and plopped into their living room next to the Christmas tree. Then, ever so quietly, they tiptoed to their room where Grandpa tucked them in. Sawyer tried to follow Grandpa back out into the living room, but Grandpa caught him. I've got coal, you know, he whispered, and Sawyer practically tripped over himself to get back into bed. Then Grandpa carefully filled the twins' stockings hanging on the fireplace and placed their presents under the tree. An ice castle dollhouse with a red bow for Susie and a walking robosaur with a green bow for Sawyer. Once the gifts were nestled under the tree, shump, the bag yanked Grandpa back up the chimney and dropped him into the sleigh. Grandpa flew home that Christmas night feeling quite pleased with his job as Santa Claus. He almost entertained the thought of doing it again next year, until he felt the aches and pains in his lower back. How did Santa do it, he wondered. Must be the eggnog. When Grandpa and the reindeer reached his house, it was snowing again. Thick flakes drifted lazily over his roof as smoke billowed up from his crooked chimney. He landed the sleigh in the backyard and went inside. There, Grandma was waiting for him, curled up in a fleece blanket by the fire. Kip, where have you been? I've been worried sick, Grandma said, sitting up. She raised an eyebrow at Grandpa's outfit. Why are you dressed as Santa Claus? Grandpa chuckled and sat down next to her. Merry Christmas, Ellie. He handed her the gift in the paper bag. Grandma opened it and pulled out a hand-carved wooden angel. Oh, Kip, it's beautiful. Thank you. She gave him a kiss and then walked over to put the angel on top of their Christmas tree. It was a perfect fit. Grandma studied it for a second and then asked, Is that from Germany? Ho, 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 ho. You're good, Grandpa said. Grandma sat back down on the couch and snuggled up next to Grandpa. Together, they watched the angel glow in the light of the fire. Outside, the white globe was spinning in Santa's sleigh. Suddenly, it stopped and a destination shone on its surface. The North Pole. In the blink of an eye, Santa's sleigh and reindeer zipped out of sight and disappeared into the night.